There was a rough desert wind blowing into Los Angeles that evening. It was one of those hot, dry Santa Anas that come down through the mountain passes and curl your hair, make your nerves jump, and your skin itch. On nights like that, every booze party ends up in a fight. The meek little housewives feel the edge of a carving knife and study their husbands' necks. Anything can happen when a Santa Ana blows in from the desert. I closed up my office early. I got tired of reading Philip Marlowe, Private Investigator, backwards on the ground glass of my office door. So I opened the door and closed it from the outside and locked it. I went out to get a beer before I went up to my apartment. Uh, fill it up again, Mr. Marlin. Marlowe. Marlowe. Marlin is a fish. <laughs> I know. Hey, hey, you bartender. Give me another rise. Uh, that drunk again. What'd you expect in this business, autograph hounds? Make it snappy, you hear? Uh, be right with you, sport. I, I gotta draw this man a beer. For crying out loud. These stumble bums come in here. You got another customer, Bacchus. Hey, bud, you seen a lady in here lately? A lady? Tall, good-looking, brown hair, a primpolero jacket and a blue silk dress. Uh, no, sir. No, sir. Uh, nobody like that's been in. Uh, all right. Uh, straight scotch. Uh, make it fast. I left my engine running out there. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. This slick-looking, sarcastic guy stepped up to the bar and drank his scotch whole. Then he stopped. The drunk was grinning at him. And then, without changing his grin, the drunk swept a gun from somewhere so fast, it was just a blur coming out. Made a couple of hard snaps. And then a little smoke curled. Very little. So long, Waldo. All right, don't move, you two. Poor Waldo. Bet I made his nose bleed. So long, boys. Drink up. All right, get on that phone, kid. I'll get his license number. Too late. Drove away with this dead guy's car. But maybe he ain't dead. Ah, he's dead all right. Where's your phone? This is for the police. The prowl car boys were there in about five minutes. Waldo was out of business all right, and nothing in his pockets told who he was. But he had about $700 on him. I told the cops what I knew, including about Waldo's tall, brown-haired, pretty girl in the bolero jacket. It was about nine o'clock when I stepped out of the elevator in my apartment house and almost walked right into a tall, brown-haired, pretty girl. 
in a bolero jacket, waiting for the elevator on my floor. Oh, excuse me. Just a minute, lady. I said, excuse me. I'm in a hurry. Now, if you'll be good enough to step out of... Look, you better not go outside in those clothes. Just what do you mean by telling me... What? This isn't a make. You're in trouble. Trouble? Yeah, the cops are looking for you. In those clothes. But I haven't done anything that... I'm in room 41, across the hall. Now, I've never collected an etching in my life. All right. I'll go with you. I'll go. I got to my room and rustled up some scotch and soda and brought the girl her glass. She had a small automatic in her hand. It jumped at me, and her eyes were full of panic. I put down both glasses on the table, slowly, so that I wouldn't be misunderstood. Look, sister, maybe this wind has got you crazy, too. Don't move. Be careful. Don't move. A man just got shot in a bar down the street. Before he got it, he'd been asking about a tall, pretty girl with a bolero jacket, like yours. What'd he look like, this man? Tall, 5'11", slim, dark, dark brown eyes with a lot of glitter, dark suit, white handkerchief in the breast pocket, and he must have seen you earlier tonight to know how you were dressed. Am I getting anywhere? He used to be my chauffeur. You had an appointment with him, didn't you? I... Listen, he asked for you, didn't he? Yes, I had an appointment with him. He'd stolen something from me when he left three days ago. I was going to buy it back from him. Why didn't you tell the police? I couldn't tell them. It was valuable, wasn't it? Valuable enough for Waldo to steal. Fifteen thousand dollars. Ah, that's peanuts. It wasn't the value. It meant something to me. The man I love gave it to me. And now he's dead. He was a flyer, shot down over Germany. Now you go back and tell my husband that. He probably hired you. He did? Well, how much is he paying me? And uh, where is this husband of yours? He's at a meeting. This late at night? He's a very important man. He's a hydroelectric engineer. I'll have you know that my husband is one of... Ah, skip it. I'll take him out to lunch sometime and have him tell me himself. And about Waldo... Whatever he had on you is dead stock now, like Waldo himself. You mean he's dead? Waldo is dead? Yes, sister, he's dead. Dead, dead, dead. Lady, he is dead. <gasps> scream and I'll give you two black eyes. I'm not going to scream. Who would that be? There's a dressing room behind that door. Hide there. But I don't want to. Now don't argue with me. Do it. All right, all right. Then I went to the door making a loud yawning sound. The backs of my hands were wet. I opened the door. Without a gun, that was a mistake. I certainly knew the gun I was looking into. A twenty-two target automatic that had already killed one man that night. And I knew the bald head and the flat, shiny eyes and the face like a poisonous lizard. Baldy put the muzzle of his gun lightly against my throat. 
I, I backed into the room, and Baldy kicked the door shut. You alone? Look for yourself. I'm asking, not looking. You and that dumb bartender saw me dust off Waldo. What did Waldo do to you? Who's asking? Just making conversation. He stooled on me on a bank job we did together. Got me four years in the Michigan pen. How is he? Dead. (laughs) I'm still good, drunk or sober. Tell me why I came here, pal. You heard the barkeeper and me talking. I told him my name, where I lived. That's how, pal. I said why. Ah, skip it. The hangman won't ask you to guess why he's there. Ah, you're pretty tough at that, ain't you? But you're slamming off, pal. All right. But you could get that gun out of my neck and try somewhere else. Oh, yeah? Sure. Is this better? This suit you all right? Just so it isn't my neck. Say when, pal. It's your party. I leaned against the gun. The door of the dressing room showed a crack of darkness. The crack widened. I began to shake a little. The girl came quietly into the room, but there was white all around her irises. She was scared. She had her gun in her hand. But I was sorry for her. Dead sorry. If she tried to make the door or scream, either way, it'd be curtains for both of us. Put up your hands! Hey, look! (laughs) Thanks, sister. Thanks. That, That buys me. Everything I have is yours, now and forever. Is he dead? You flatter me no end, lady. I only punched him. All right, now, get out of here while I call the cops down on this killer. Yes. Yes, good night. Good night. Hey, wait, wait. Leave that bolero jacket here. It marks you for the cops. Oh, yes, here. Okay. See you again? Why? Oh, I don't know. No, I guess not. After all, who am I to be the rival of a dead flyer? I'll see that the police get Jesse James here. Good night, lady. Yeah? You mean me? Yes, please. Oh, you again, huh? Get in. I must talk to you. You want to know what happened at headquarters, huh? Yes. Well, I went down there with the law and gave him the story. I left you out of it. Thank you. You saved my life, so no one knows a thing about you. Oh, incidentally, neither do I. Well, my name is Mrs. Frank Barcelli. 212 Fremont Place, Olympia, 24596. Is that what you wanted? I guess so. Well, there it is. Now, why did you really come back? I wanted my pearls. Pearls? Yes. Pearls too, huh? All right. Tell me about the pearls. We've had a murder and a beautiful mystery woman and a sadistic killer and a heroic rescue. Now we will have pearls. I was to buy them back from the man called Waldo. Well, I saw everything that came out of his pockets, and there weren't any pearls. Could they be hidden 
in his apartment? It's possible. Waldo lived on the same floor you do, in this apartment house. Then why didn't I know him? At least by sight. He moved in last week. He managed to get a sublet. Great. A sort of amateur magician on the side, huh? It's getting rather late. Yeah. What about your husband, this hot, mysterious knight? He's still at his meeting. You could have brought him along. He could have sat in the back seat working out a problem in hydroelectrics while... Well, what? Well, I didn't have any answers that wouldn't sound cheap or just ridiculous. Or from the sophomore class in repartee. Had an unlit cigarette in my hand. I threw it out of the window. I took a hold of her and kissed her. She sat very still. I was shaking when I let go of her. Her voice trembled a little when she spoke. I meant you to do that. I wasn't always that way. Only since Johnny Damas was killed in the war. He gave me those pearls. Forty-one of them, perfectly matched. With a diamond propeller clasp. I'd have loved them if they'd been wooden beads. Because he gave them to me. I loved Johnny the way you love just one time. You understand that? Mm-hmm. What's your name? Lola. Lola. How did you explain a $15,000 pearl necklace to your husband? I told him that they were imitation, and I bought them myself. How did Waldo latch on to them and what they stood for? When my husband was in Argentina, Waldo and I would go for long drives... I was restless and wretched because of Johnny. Sometimes Waldo and I had a little drink together, but that's all. But you confided in Waldo about those pearls. I was a fool. And when your husband came back, Waldo stole the pearls and offered to sell them back to you, or he'd tell Papa, huh? I was a fool. And now you think the pearls are upstairs in Waldo's apartment? I suppose it's a lot to ask. No, sweetheart, uh-uh. I've been paid. I'll go look. Wait here, huh? Was I gone long, Lola? No. Well? No. No pearls? No pearls. Ah. Uh, there was a man in Waldo's room. A man? Who? Do you know a man named Leon Valsanos? Not by name. I don't know him. Mexican, South American, about 45. Small, iron-gray hair, very neat. Fawn-colored suit, white-colored tie. No, I don't think I know such a man. Was he the one in Waldo's room? Yeah. What does he have to say? Very little. In fact, nothing. He's dead. I sat with Lola Barsley in her car, listening to that jittery, infuriating desert wind gallop around in the midnight streets. I'd just told her about the Latin-looking man I'd found in Waldo's room, in a very dead condition. I held her hands until they stopped trembling. 
Then I gave her the few remaining details. He had a gun and a shoulder holster, but someone had strangled him before he could use it. Someone? Waldo? Maybe. You see that convertible coupe two cars ahead of us? It's been there for hours. It was there before I parked here to wait for you. Leon, the man in Waldo's room, came in that car. But according to the key containers he carried, that isn't his car. Whose car is it? Does it matter? Well, it belongs to a lady, according to the tag on the keys. A lady? Well, anyway, a woman if you're going to split hairs. Eugenie Kolchenko, hmm? In West Los Angeles. Never heard of her. Uh-huh. All right. Well, you go home now, huh? What are you going to do? Uh, drive that flossy convertible around, wave at my friends, impress people. You run along now. Me, I've got another date. Is it, please? Miss, uh, Eugenie Kolchenko? Yes, uh, what, what is it? Did you lose or misplace a pigeon gray convertible coupe? What are you say? Now don't be alarmed. I found it and brought it home to you. Oh, come in, please. It is a reward you wish. Shall we, shall we say? Snap out of it, dragon lady. Who was he? Who was who? The little guy, Leon, you loaned your car to. He's dead. Who was he? Oh, oh no, no. Oh, yes, yes. Eugenie. Darling, darling, come here, please. What's the matter, honey? Who is this man? I came about Miss Kolchenko's car. What about her car? The gentleman who borrowed it couldn't return it, on account of he isn't alive. He's dead. Darling, he's dead. That's putting it more bluntly, of course. Dead, huh? Mm-hmm. Completely. Who are you? Philip Marlowe, private investigator. My card. Hmm. Have you told the police yet? Never do it once what can be deferred pending negotiations. ASAP. I might negotiate. Oh, peachy. What do you know, Marlowe? A man, name of Waldo, was shot in a bar tonight. I happened to have the inside as to who he was. And when I visited his apartment tonight, I found this Leon Valsanos dead. He wouldn't have had $500 and 20s on him, would he? No, but this Waldo had over $700 on him when he was killed at that cocktail bar. Mostly in 20s. Hmm. Is there a basis there for negotiations yet? Very well, Marlowe. I'm a married man. There were certain unpaid bills for some stuff Miss Kolchenko here had charged to my account. All right. So, I wasn't very bright. That might be the understatement of the decade. But go on. I hid the unpaid bills safely in my briefcase. Somehow, this Waldo had a chance to steal the briefcase. 
I hired Leon and gave him $500 to buy back those bills from Waldo. Instead, Waldo took Leon's dough and was forced to kill Leon in the process. And then he went out to keep another date and accidentally walked into an old pal, hostile enough to blow him down. And someone still has those bills, and I'm in for a divorce suit. The man who shot Waldo got away in Waldo's car with your briefcase in it. Yeah, that could be. The cops caught him. Oh, then the police have the briefcase. Maybe, but the police are interested in solving crime, not in tossing mud for the benefit of sensation eaters. Look, I've got a friend or two at headquarters. Let me see what I can do. It's worth $500 to me. Well, then that's what it'll cost you. Well, good luck. And, um, thank you, Mr., uh... Marlowe. Philip Marlowe, remember? My name is Frank Barsley. Bars... Barsley? Oh. What does that mean? The big hydroelectric engineer? Yeah. How'd you know? My voices tell me. It's the heat. It's the Santa Ana. It's the desert wind. May I use your telephone? Someday I must tell you about Ibarra, salt of the earth, Ibarra, detective lieutenant over at Central Homicide. I phoned Ibarra from Miss Kolchenko's house and told him where he could find a well-dressed cadaver named Leon and furnished a few small details. I gave Ibarra time to check my tip and then I went down to see the good lieutenant and told him why I'd been up in Waldo's room only to find Leon instead of a certain lady's string of pearls. Pearls, hey? Well, I thought Waldo might have them up there. Hmm. Whose pearls were they? A lady's. Go on. Or they might have been in Waldo's car that Waldo's killer drove away in. Hmm. Yeah? Well, what, yeah? Oh, they might have. Also a batch of unpaid bills charged to the account of a certain Frank Barsley. Yeah? Uh-huh. Well, now the police aren't interested in domestic scandal. They... they want to prevent or to solve crime, right? So? So, I've got $500 for the police fund if those pearls and those bills are returned to their rightful owners. <laughs> Oh, quit your kidding. No, no, it's... It's a valuable necklace. Yes? Well, there's your necklace. That's it. 41 pearls, perfectly matched. Diamond propeller clasp. That's it. That's the one. Uh, take it away, Marlowe. On the level? Uh-huh. Just tell me straight what it's all about. That's all I ask. Sure, sure. Well... This Waldo was blackmailing a wife with the pearls and her husband with the bills. Guy by the name of Barsley. Well, Barsley sent Leon to get the bills from Waldo. Instead, Waldo killed Leon and then stepped out and happened to get shot by that guy at the bar. Now, if Barsley's name stays out of the paper, I get $500. And that goes to the police fund. We'll keep him out. Well, now, I'm not in this case for money. I just want to get back the bills and the pearls. As you say, Marlowe, the police aren't in the business to sling mud. Well, you can deliver the pearls to the lady yourself, if you like. She lives oh, in... Oh, no, 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 Marlowe. You better take them to her. 
You see, except for the diamond propeller clasp on them, they're, um, they're phony. Phony? But... All but the clasp, Marlowe. All but the clasp. Well, I stared at Ibarra. So the flyer, Johnny Dalmas, the great lover, had given Lola a string of fake pearls. Well, I didn't know how to tell her. But I called her up and told her to meet me at the beachcombers at two. I was going to slip her the bad news slowly. I'm glad you asked me to meet you here, Mr. Marlowe. You see, I, I had to have someone to talk to. Go ahead, talk. I'm listening. Now, Mr. Marlowe. Now, more than ever, I must, I must have those pearls. Why? Money trouble? Oh, no, no. It's just that everything's gone wrong. This morning, my husband told me we're to separate. Oh. I'm sorry, Lola. But if I had Johnny's pearls, it would be a link with the past. And with Johnny. And all he meant to be. It's how a woman feels, Mr. Marlowe. I wouldn't blame you for not understanding. Maybe I do, though. So please, Mr. Marlowe, please. You'll try to find my pearls? Lola, look, I... Even if it isn't all of them. Any part of them. Any. Any single smallest one of them. It'll be Johnny's. Look, will you, uh... Meet me here again, around four o'clock? I'll be here. Okay. I'll see what I can do. There was only one earthly, decent thing I could do. I took Lola's glass pearls to a jeweler and I had him take off the diamond clasp. And I put it in one of those strings of so-called simulated pearls that they sell you for three bucks, tax included. Then I went back to keep my four o'clock date with Lola at the Beachcombers. Well, Mr. Marlowe, anything new? Yes. The uh, police found some pearls in Waldo's car. They found my pearls? No. No, not exactly. Not exactly? Well, Waldo was getting set to jip you, Lola. He had the diamond clasp of your necklace attached to a string of cheap imitations. And then he sold the real pearls. Oh, how... These are the imitations here. But it is my clasp. The clasp is real. Is that all right? Yes, it's the clasp that Johnny Damas gave me. Of course, of course it's all right. Oh, that's swell. And thank you so much, Mr. Marlowe. Forget it. I won't. Not ever. Well, is... is this goodbye? Yeah, I think so. You'll never get over Johnny Dalmas, Lola. If anybody ever bothers you again, though, well, let me know. Name's Philip Marlowe. I drove almost to Malibu, and then I parked and walked out on a rock cliff jetting into the Pacific Ocean. Then I reached in my pocket and dug out the string of bohemian glass pearls that Lieutenant Ibarra had found in Waldo's car. I cut the knot at one end and slipped the pearls off one by one. One by one, I flipped them into the water. A gull swooped down on them and then flapped up again, screaming indignantly. Phony pearls had fooled Waldo and Lola Barsley, but they couldn't fool a seagull. I said to myself, for the memory of Johnny Dalmas, just another four flesh. 
I listened a while to the wheeling seagulls. All at once, I realized that the wind had died. The Santa Ana had blown itself out. The red wind was done. It was over. This has been a Naples Players Radio Theater presentation. If you have enjoyed this production, please let others know. You can always follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. And don't forget, you can always see what's happening at the Naples Players by visiting our website, www.naplesplayers.org.